Okay, hello. hello. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, some of you guys are thinking out loud today. I can hear it. You're thinking, what is this guy doing back up here again? And I'm thinking the same thing. What the heck am I doing up here? But I've got some announcements. One, I don't really know I'm going to have to read them, so be patient. We have youth on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. We're still feeding the kids. We're not having good luck with the kids coming right now because uh, we're short a youth pastor. And we have Kim and Clint McLemore have graciously decided to help with that for a while. They do not want the job, but they're willing to fill in. So if somebody knows somebody that wants a full-time job, we're looking. Uh, the men's fellowship breakfast is March 18th, Fellowship Hall at 8.30. And speaking of Fellowship Hall and 8.30, yesterday we had a great, great Bible study. We, have, um, we had eight people there yesterday, but we pick out some verses and we discuss them and, and talk about them and really come across with some good ideas and some good thoughts. So if you're interested in that, 
Come on down. Uh, heart to heart, March 21st at 6, and that is all I know about that. You're like, Amen for that. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. All right. So that's Heart to Heart coming March 21st at 6. Fellowship Hall, Robin? Okay, in the Fellowship Hall. Prime Timers, March 25th. Uh, okay, uh, Prime Timers, March 25th, noon, potluck in the Fellowship Hall. So can't get no better than home-cooked meal, guys. No matter where you go, it's not any better, so you might as well show up. Okay, um, we have need. Actually, we have need for help on our security team. We barely have enough people to cover it. We also really have a need for help in the uh, uh, media room because Gary Cook has to do that every service. And it would be nice for somebody that's with a little, not me, with a little technical knowledge, not me, would be willing to go in there and help him out. So he was gone last week on vacation, and some of you guys, if you stayed home and watched it live stream, you didn't get it because <laughs> I was in there. I did the best I could, but I am not Gary Cook. He knows what he's doing, but he would appreciate some help if you, one of you guys want to do that. Okay, on our pastor search, we held three or three Zoom calls in the last couple of weeks, <laughs> and we have got a meeting planned for tomorrow night to try to cook this down to one person. And hopefully, if we can come to some kind of agreement, we will get that done and have somebody coming in to try out within, maybe within a week. We, it just depends. On their schedule, too, we can't just say, hey, we want you to come, no matter what you're doing there. We gotta, we gotta work with their schedule, too. Respect the church that they're at now. We don't wanna, we don't wanna just uh, put the pressure on anybody to do that. So. Hopefully tomorrow night we will come up with one and we will start having announcements, maybe Facebook or via text or whatever, and letting you guys know what we're coming up with. Okay, we're going to do it a little bit different today. We're going to take the offering first, and then when we have worship, we can move right straight from worship into, uh, into Pastor Gary. I always do. I always, <laughs> I'm not, you can tell I'm not used to this. We can move right straight from worship into Pastor Gary when it's all said and done. So if the guy's going to help with the worship, we'll, I mean with the uh, offering, would come on up. We will do that. <coughs> Four good-looking guys up here. You guys just don't know how good y'all got it with us up here. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for the day. We pray, Lord, that you will keep us all safe and keep us well. Heavenly Father, the one thing that we want above all else is that we walk in your will and live in your will, Heavenly Father. We seek your wisdom for everything that we do, Heavenly Father, every decision that we make, Lord. We pray, Heavenly Father, as we praise and worship you, that you will bless this offering, Lord, and you will take it and use it for your church, for your people, and for your work, Heavenly Father. As only you can do, you can spread it wherever it needs to go. In Christ's precious name I pray. Amen. Y'all want to go ahead and stand up, get to your feet, and we'll go ahead and do offering, and then we're just going to go right into our praise and worship time, because there's no better time to praise the Lord than right now. Father, we just thank you. 
for the opportunity to come into your house, God. We thank you for your presence in this place, God. Father, I pray that you would just release the fullness of your glory on each and every person that's in this auditorium this morning, God, and not just here, God, but stretch it out of these walls, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Presence is an open door. 
it surrounds me I can't get away You love me when I'm lost You love me till I'm found You love it surrounds me says he will never leave leave us or forsake us. And I love the part in that song that says you love me when I'm lost and you love me till I'm found. We can't outrun the love of God no matter how hard we may try at times or stray or let the discouragement of the world get us. He's always there. He still loves us. This 
This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender. And I will make room for you. to this song say I will make room to let him do whatever he wants to that's a really bold statement and if you think about it you've got to lay a whole lot of stuff down before he can start working so we're going to open the altars up if that's okay and if there's anything that you need he's already here you don't have to come to the altar for him to touch you but it's an act of faith and people are going to come and meet you here we're just going to lay some stuff down this morning. We're going to lay down some hurts and some burdens, some fears and some doubts. Father, we just surrender ourselves to you this morning, God. Father, we know that you're moving in this place this morning because you said where two or more are gathered, you will be there, God. And if we seek and we knock and we ask, God, that you will answer Father, we are interceding for those that aren't here this morning, God. And we are releasing ourselves to you this morning. And we're going to give you room to move in whatever way that you see fit, God. Individually or corporately, God. Just take the reins, Father. Break down the walls of all my religion 
worship him together. Would you join me, please? Lord, we bless your name. We magnify, we glorify you. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you meet us. You meet us at an altar of prayer. Thank you, Lord, that when we move towards you, Lord, that you move towards us. And Lord, that's exactly what we do right now, right here is, Lord, we want to move towards you and allow you to move towards us. We seek you. We seek you. Bless the Lord. I believe there are still some needs across the congregation. If you would, let me, just before we go into a very special time of prayer for some of you that are in the congregation, I, I, I thought that the Lord has given me is, is this. You and I, you eat from the garden of your own faith. I don't eat from the garden of someone else's faith. I eat from the garden of my faith. In other words, if there's a healing, if there's a miracle, if there's a deliverance, if there's a restoration in my life, if there's a miracle in my life, if God moves in my life, it's because I had the faith and I'm enjoying the blessings of the Lord because I'm eating from the garden of my own faith. And I'm gonna tell you, God honors faith. God honors when you move towards Him and you ask for that healing, you ask for that restoration, you ask for that deliverance. And when you move towards Him, moving by faith, God honors that faith. And what it is, is you're eating of the garden of your own faith. In other words, you're enjoying the blessings of the Lord because you're reaching out by faith to receive them. And if you're here this morning, you need a blessing from the Lord, maybe a healing, maybe a miracle, maybe God to lead you, guide you. Would you hold up your hand and let's hold up our hands together. Father, all across this congregation, 
we know that we eat of the garden of our own faith. And Lord, if there's any need here this morning, we know that we enjoy the miracle because Lord, we have reached out to you by faith. We enjoy the healing, Father. We enjoy the provision, Lord. We enjoy the deliverance, Lord. We enjoy the promises that you've given us. And Lord, we know that your promises are real even today. So Lord, as we right now by, by faith receive of your goodness, we know that Lord, we receive of you according to our faith. And Lord, we wanna walk by faith and not by sight. So Lord, we wanna enjoy the blessings of the Lord, be lifted up above every circumstance. And so Lord, just as the song we sung, Lord, we surrender all to you. We yield, we submit, and we surrender our will to your will. And Father, openly, mightily, and very specifically minister to every need across this congregation. We believe that you're God upon the throne, you're God able, you're God greater than. So Lord, we give you glory, honor, praise, and thanksgiving. We exalt the name of Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. God bless your heart, congregation. God bless your heart. You can do it. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord for his many, many blessings. Amen. I, I want to thank many of you who made contact with Paul and I, and uh, some uh, even received a telephone call from Randy. Uh, last Sunday night, if you remember, there was a tornado warning out, and we left uh, the church. We live in Mustang, and we got home, and about 10 minutes... Yeah, we, we hadn't even settled in the door. The sirens went off in Mustang that there was a tornado. And the great thing was we'd just gone through Norman. And so the, that tornado that hit Norman Sunday night, uh, we'd just gone through there just a few minutes before it hit. And so thank the Lord. I don't know if that excites you. It really excites me. Thank the Lord. Uh, you know, I'm very thankful that Paul and I missed that thing. And what a blessing it was. We got home and, and uh, I, I don't mind. I, I love being transparent, just being open and honest. Paul and I got on an airplane Monday morning and we flew to Miami, rented a car, and we drove down to the Florida Keys. And we were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and loaded up and got back into Oklahoma City about midnight. Uh, Thursday night. Had a great time. I love retirement. I'm convinced that I can be old and show people it's fun. It's fun to get old. You don't have to be a grouch just because you're old. And so we went to Key West, just enjoyed a beautiful week together. See, my best friend is my wife. I would, I would rather be with her than anybody else. You know, and I think that as couples, we ought to enjoy things together. And so what a blessing that is. Uh, I, I've got a message for you this morning. Uh, I, I do not preach, and, and if you will just understand my heart, I don't preach sermons. You know, you can go on the internet and you can get hundreds, thousands of sermons. They give you the outline, they give you everything. I don't preach sermons. I preach messages. Because I pray for God to give me a message, a word that is specific for the people in the setting, that church at that time. And that's what I want is I want a message. But, but understand this, there can be no preaching if you don't let me. 
Are you with me? This is kind of a, a cooperative. This is a participation sport. You've got to kind of get involved with me. Let me preach and then you let you receive it. You know, in other words, we want good seed to fall upon good soil and bring the produce that God wants to bring. In fact, let's pray for that. Father, I pray for your word right now. May your word be nothing but truth. We don't want man's opinion. We don't want some bestseller of the of New York Times. We want your all-time bestseller, the Word of God. And Father, may your Word come alive to our hearts. May truth be spoken, truth be received, and now may truth also be acted upon. So Lord, your perfect will through your Word, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. The title of the message this morning is Holy Spirit Empowering. I'm going to tell you, church, we desperately, desperately need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We're nothing without the Holy Spirit. I see in my life, and I believe every one of you will see in your life, and you're going to see in Scripture, that God over and over and over and over sets up occasions for Him to meet with you, for Him to empower you, and for Him to use you. And I want to be used more by the Lord. Amen. So if you would find 1 Samuel chapter 10 and the title of the study, the message is Holy Spirit Empowering. I would like to take you down a, a study. And the study is Israel and their very first king. If you remember with me, Israel came to the prophet uh, Samuel. Uh, Samuel was both a prophet and a priest. Came to Samuel and asked that God would give them a king. God did not want to give Israel a king because God saw that, and, and if you will please note with me here in 1 Samuel 8, 4 and 5, the part that I highlighted in yellow, uh, the Israel's asking, now make us a king to judge us like all the other nations, like the nation, we want to be like the other nations around us. See, God did not want Israel to be a democracy. He wanted it to be a theocracy. Theo meaning God a government ruled by God. He wanted to be the leader of Israel. In fact, notice the next highlighted in 1 Samuel 8 and 7, and the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they've not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. See, God wanted it to be a theocracy, a government ruled by God. One day soon, there's gonna be a theocracy. Every knee's gonna bow and every tongue's gonna confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and he is going to rule. Remember the promise given in Isaiah, uh, unto us a child is born and in him will be a kingdom that will never end. And thank God it is going to come. But if you would please notice, when God chose Saul to be king, there was great potential in the beginning for Saul. If you will, God knew what he was doing. God wasn't making a mistake. In fact, I'll be real blunt with you and amen me if you agree. God doesn't make mistakes. He does everything for a reason. And if you'll notice 1 Samuel 10 and verse 1, the very bottom, it says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil, poured it on Saul's head, and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you leader over his inheritance? Point I want to make and establish right there, right there, God chose Saul to be king. Then what we see in the story is just after this anointing of Saul, please stick with me because I've got to build a case and I've got to get the word out there. Just after this anointing, there was a series of events that Samuel prophesied would happen. 
You can follow in your Bible or follow on the screen. In 1 Samuel 10 and 2, he prophesied, you'll be met by two men who will tell you that the donkeys that you went looking for, they've been found, and now your dad's worried about you. Notice the highlighted, the donkeys are found, now your dad is worrying about you. 3 and 4, 1 Samuel chapter 10, Samuel prophesied, three men will meet you and offer you two loaves of bread and you are to take them. In verse 5, he prophesied. This is something that's getting ready to happen. It hadn't happened yet. He's telling him this is going to happen. Verse 5, you'll be met by a group of prophets coming down from the high place, the altar uh, on the hill. They will have musical instruments and they will be prophesying. The English version says they'll be dancing and shouting. So you're going to be met by these prophets coming down from the hill of God and when you meet them, they're going to have these instruments. They're going to be playing, and, and they're going to be dancing and singing. They're going to be shouting. They're going to be prophesying. And then in verse 6, it says that also that Samuel prophesied. He said, when this happens, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will become a different man. How many people here in the congregation will testify when the Spirit of God came into your life, you became a different person. Will you hold up your hand if you can testify to that? Thank God for the difference. I was lost and now I'm not. I was on my way to hell and now I'm not. Amen. Thank God for the change that the Holy Spirit brings. Notice with me verse 6. This was, again, a prophetic word from Samuel to Saul. This is going to happen. When the, when the Spirit comes upon you, uh, note this, you'll become a different man. Verse 7. Verse 7 is the key. It's the key to people receiving a miracle this morning. It's the key to salvation. Amen. It's the key to everything that God wants to do in Long Grove Assembly of God Church. It's the key to these young people being able to go to college and enter into ministry. I have five grandsons, and I've got two of them going into ministry. And uh, the reality, here is the key. Notice with me, it says, it is Saul's part in allowing God's prophetic word to be fulfilled. In other words, this is not going to happen unless you do this. And he said this in verse 7, And let it be when these signs come to you, when you, when you see the prophets coming down and when you hear them singing and, and prophesying, he said, and let it be when the sisters leading worship and God is moving. Are you with me? It's a part of this church. Notice with me. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. When all of this that is going to be set up, this prophetic word, when all of this comes about, then what you're to do, Saul, is you do what the occasion demands. And in the English version, it says, do whatever God leads you to do. I'm going to tell you, deacon board is making a selection of a new pastor. Do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Amen. Amen? Uh, I'm talking about the future of Long Grove Assembly of God Church. You do what the occasion demands. See, it's the last day's revival. It's awakening that's now taking place in our country. And the reality is you can sleep through it and you can say, oh, it's for them over there. But, or you can do what the occasion demands. Uh, there can be a last day's revival for Lone Grove Assembly of God Church. This can be a bright light in this 
part of Oklahoma and people can flock to this church because they know that here God is moving if the church will do what the occasion demands. Can you say amen? Uh, Notice with me. This is the key to the miracle that you've been seeking. Has anyone here been seeking a miracle? Anybody other than me? Man, I'm seeking miracles. Uh, I'm seeking God to move in these last days. I'm seeking an awakening for churches. And this is one of them that I'm seeking miracles for. The right pastor, the right time, with the right move of God to do everything God wants to do. But notice with me, this is the key to the miracle that you've been seeking. This is the key to the healing that you've been believing for. This is the key to the baptism with the Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning, in fact, let me take a poll. How many here have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking with other tongues and you're not ashamed of it? Thank God. Not every hand went up. That tells me this. If your hand did not go up, you're either seeking or you're questioning. And there's nothing wrong with questioning. Because I I can tell you, my God can stand up to your questions. God doesn't get offended when you're questioning. Uh, The reality is that my wife was raised Church of Christ, and and, uh, she had different beliefs than I. Uh, Thank God she is filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking with other tongues. I thank God for that. Uh, I didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit until I was 19 years old, raised Assembly of God. I questioned it all my... I thought it was for little old ladies and preachers. You know, young teenage guys don't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but how wrong I was. I said how wrong I was. Amen. But this is the key to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the key to operating in spiritual gifts. If you've got the the gift of tongues, trust me, before you ever speak that first word of a tongue, you've had to do what the occasion demands. If you've got the, the gift of interpretation and you know that you've got the interpretation of that tongue that was given, let me tell you, there will be no interpretation of that tongue unless you do what the occasion demands. Anybody say amen? Over and over. So as, do as the occasion demands. Do whatever God leads you to do. Obey God's leading. Follow what the Holy Spirit is giving you an unction to do. Okay, notice with me now, please, 1 Samuel. Let's do the complete follow-up, beginning with verse 9. 1 Samuel 10 and 9. So it was, now all of this has just been a prophetic word up to now. It hadn't happened. Now we're talking about the event happening. Verse 9. So it was when he turned his back to go from Samuel, this is Saul, that God gave Saul another heart. And all these signs came to pass that day. In other words, everything God said was going to happen, it happened just like God said it would. All these signs happened. Verse 10. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of the prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and Saul prophesied among them. What does that tell me? He did what the occasion demand. If I say amen. I don't think I'm reading into it. I think he heard. At this time, Saul was right on track with God. At this time, he was hearing God's voice, and he was following. Thank God for that. Verse 11, and it happened when all who knew Saul formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, what is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Then a man 
from there answered and said, but who is their father? Therefore, it became a proverb, is Saul also a radical Pentecostal? Is Saul also a child of God? Is, child, is Saul also following the leading of the Holy Spirit? Uh, no, great question. Is Saul also among the prophets? Verse 13. And when he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place. He went to church with them. Uh, I want you to notice, here Saul was changed. He received another heart. The Spirit of God came upon him. He prophesied and he was anointed king of Israel. I learned some principles right here. Uh, what is one of the methods of preaching I'd really love to do is take an Old Testament story and illustrate a New Testament principle. That way you get Old Testament and New Testament together. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm taking this Old Testament story and using this story to illustrate a New Testament principle. And the reality is, God wants to do a work in your life and through your life. Can you say amen? amen. But wh how can it happen? H how can I be a candidate? I think I I'm going to say, uh, let me kind of humor me and don't correct me for a moment. I'm going to say 100% from this, this three right here to my left, all the way across to here, 100% to these ladies back here, I'm going to say that 100% of us want to do what God wants us to do. Amen. Amen? Uh, one of my constant prayers says, God, I want to be where you want me to be, doing what you want me to do when you want me there. Right. Right. And so now if that's our heartbeat, then here is the key. This is the key to being able to know that you're right where the Holy Spirit wants you. See, there's a place that the Holy Spirit wants to lead this church. There's a, there's a work that God wants to do individually and collectively. Okay, now how's that going to happen? Number one, no, it is God's plan. It is God's plan to use you. It is God's plan to move in your life. I, I don't care. If, uh, I never liked being called Rev, R-E-V. You know, I'm, uh, I, I'm a car guy, and it made me think of somebody giving gas to, you know, and I, I don't like Rev, and uh, I, I love people call me Pastor Gary because my name is Gary, and pastor's what I do. But the reality is, is this, I am who I am because of the moving of the Holy Spirit upon my life. And I've got to understand, even though I'm a nobody raised in West Tulsa, uh, went to Riley Elementary School. My dad worked at National Tank Company as a welder for 35 years until he retired. And then later on in life, um, yes, I was able to go to school. And one of the highlights of my life, I met Paul at, at OSU. And um, yes, thank God he called me into ministry. I was 17 years on the Tulsa Fire Department before I uh, was a pastor of a church. But 13 years, of those 17 years, I was also a youth pastor at Sand Springs. And, and God blessed and God moved upon my life. But what I found is, is this. It's not just me. It's also you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you came from. You don't have to have Rev in front of your name nor PhD behind your name. The reality is God wants to move in your life. God wants to use you as a tool, as an instrument that he can build his kingdom with. You're not junk. God doesn't make mistakes. Anybody say amen? So please know, because I know the tendency is, oh, that's for the deacon board, and that's for the next pastor. No, this is for you. 
Know that it is God's plan to move upon your life and to use you. If you will, in Saul's spiritual encounter, notice what happened. God prophesied through Samuel that these events would happen, very specifically. If you notice with me, it happened exactly as it was foretold. God, now please note this, God set up the occasion. Are you with me? Uh, our worship leader, just a while ago, with an anointing of God upon her ministry, God allowed her to be used to set up an occasion. The occasion was here. And then you had the option of participating or yawning in her face. Are you with me? The occasion was set up. Notice with me biblically. The prophets came down the hill at the timing of Saul being there. That's God orchestrated. The prophets with instruments, verse 5, they had string instruments, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp. Notice with me, the prophets prophesied as they went. They were singing, uh, the English version, they were shouting and dancing. Notice with me, Saul meeting them while prophesying, and the Spirit of God came upon Saul at, at that moment just exactly like God said it would happen through Samuel. And God said it was going to happen before it happened. And then it happened exactly like God said it would. What that tells me is, is this. God was telling through Samuel, telling Saul, okay, I'm going to set up this occasion for you. Here's going to come. These guys are going to be coming down the mountain. They're going to be prophesying. They're going to be playing instruments. And then you're, you're going to feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And now this is what you've got to do. This is the prophetic word. You've got to do what the occasion demands. And then what I see is Saul did. He did exactly what the occasion, he began to prophesy with the prophets. So God wanted, here's the point, God wanted this to happen. Amen? Uh, There's no question. God had the spiritual atmosphere just right for something wonderful to happen. I don't know if you've ever been in church and you, you can just tell that the atmosphere has changed. Anybody say amen? God, God is setting up the atmosphere here for something. I can tell you when I got saved, uh, God set up an occasion. It was Vacation Bible School, West Tulsa, Home Garden Assembly of God Church. I was seven years old. I just had a fight with Ricky Westcott out in the parking lot before I came into church. You know, I was just a rugged, nasty West Tulsa boy. But the reality is, I came into that church uh, for some reason. Well, I know the reason. God was setting up an occasion. I was sitting in that vacation Bible school, and man, my heart began to pound fast, and I began to cry. Altar call was given, and I went up, and Pauline Odell, I still remember who prayed for me. Pauline Odell led me to Christ, praying a sinner's prayer, accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. All of that was God setting up an occasion. Now, think of your salvation. Where were you when you got saved? What was it that you were feeling? I can guarantee you, if you're saved this morning, your story is probably pretty much like mine. There was a message, maybe a message given, something you heard that that pricked your heart, and then the Holy Spirit began to deal with you, and you started sweating, and those doodads started running up and down your back, and you go, well, that'll, wow, what am I supposed to, and then you just feel God's presence. God is setting up an occasion for you to get saved, and you got saved. Thank God for salvation. 
If you're here baptized with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking with other tongues, you came to an altar and you felt the stirring of the Holy Spirit, you was hungry for something more, and maybe you were like me, said, man, I don't understand this, but I, I, I know it's real. I know, I know it's you. And so you just come to that place where you totally, completely surrender to Him. God set up that occasion. And then you said, okay, God, here I am. And then you do what the occasion demands. Over and over. Uh, if you will, notice with me biblically, because it's very critical that you understand that this is something that happens over and over in Scripture. It's like on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, God set up an occasion. Are you with me? There was 120 gathered together. There was the sound of a rushing mighty wind. There was a clothed and tongue that sat upon each of them. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Are you with me? Uh, listen, we don't need overzealous altar workers trying to tell people how to speak in tongues. Yeah, I've, I've been in some churches where somebody would come up and they'd go, say, watermelon, 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 watermelon. You know, you're, you're, no. We don't need overzealous altar workers. My scripture, my Bible says, and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Are you with me? But I'm going to tell you, at that moment, at that time in Acts chapter 2, God set up an occasion. And in that occasion, there was a move of God. Notice with me, in Acts 4 and 31, when there was a prayer meeting. And at this prayer meeting, the place was shaken. Let me tell you, God can show up at a prayer meeting. And it doesn't have to be a whole lot of people there. Uh, God can show up at your prayer meeting with you there alone. But in this prayer meeting, if you'll notice with me, God shook that place and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another biblical example. And another one is, biblically, it's like, well, I wish that thing would reply when I want it to. There we go. Like Acts chapter 10 in the house of Cornelius. If you remember with me, this was first a very kosher thing. It was only Jews. But if you remember, God opened now the kingdom of God to us Gentiles. I, I'm not Jew, and I, I'm a Gentile. So if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. And now the house of Cornelius, uh, if you remember with me, Peter went to the house of Cornelius. He preached, and then his preaching got interrupted. But one of my prayers is, God, interrupt me with the moving of your Holy Spirit. Because what it tells me is, then the gift of the Holy Spirit was pulled, poured out upon the Gentiles as it had been on the Jews. And how did they know that? Because the scripture says, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So it's, it, it, now the Gentiles got it just like we did it. But let me tell you, God set up the occasion in Cornelius' house. And then God in that occasion moved. And then people said, I want to respond to what God's doing. If you'll notice with me, then the next one is in Acts 16. There's the 12 disciples of John. If you remember in Ephesus, Paul comes to Ephesus. He says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, we didn't know that there was such thing as the Holy Spirit. And then Paul asked, well, what were you baptized into? Well, we were baptized into John's baptism. And so they were now baptized in the name of Christ, in the name of Jesus. And if you remember, note with me, then those 12 received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They laid hands upon them and they received the baptism These in Acts 19. Now, again, understand, there was an occasion set up. 
There was a move of God there. There was 12 disciples of John there. They could have said, there's not such another, there's not another baptism. But they didn't. They listened to Paul, and Paul said, hey, uh, you were baptized in the baptism of John. Uh, and they, he said, there, there's a baptism in Jesus Christ. And they were baptized again. Yeah. They submitted. They said, oh, wow, we didn't know that that was right. Uh, I'm willing to do, I'm willing to drop my religion to obey what God wants to do. You know, uh, my wife, I, I love her, and I love her example. She was raised Church of Christ, and if you know anything about Church of Christ, it's totally opposite of Pentecostal. They have no music, no instruments. It's all a cappella, and uh, totally different. They believe in none of the moving of the Holy Spirit. Very intellectual. They're very smart, but they believe that all the gifts and all the manifestations, all the working of God died with the completion of the Bible. It was over. When that which is perfect has come, they say, is the Bible. We believe that which is perfect has come is Jesus Christ. When he comes again, then the need for these things will pass away. But if you will, my wife, she heard and she dropped even her upbringing and said, if this is real, I want it. And God set up the occasion and she received. I'm going to tell you this morning, God wants to do the same thing for you. You've got to be willing to allow God to set up the occasion for you. And then when you recognize that this is God, this is not man, God is setting this up, then you need to do what the occasion demands. Do what God is leading. If you would, please, here I'll give you one more. And that is, uh, that's Acts chapter 19, the disciples of John. So my point is, is this. God set up the occasion for something great to happen. These things took place because God wanted them to. It's in God's Word. Every occasion was set up by God. It was orchestrated by Him. God wanted it to happen. Today, the Lord is still setting up occasions. He's still putting together things. I believe that there's an occasion coming for Long Grove Assembly of God Church. I believe that there is a setup of God because, trust me, He wants to set you up for a blessing. You can trust him. Now, now, there's some people on this planet, honestly, you just can't trust. Uh, they'll have you buying a 1972 Pinto station wagon without a motor. You know, you just can't trust them. Uh, but let me tell you, you can trust God. You can trust him. And when he sets up the occasion for, for you, you personally, and you realize, man, this is God, because it's happened a number of times in my life. Uh, God set up an occasion like uh, I was on the Tulsa Fire Department, I blew a disc, uh, L4 and L5, and, and I had to have spinal surgery. They took a bone off my hip and put it between those vertebrae and put screws in it. And then when I sat before the, the fire department board and, and they said, you know, Rogers, you're not gonna be able to be a fireman anymore because you're too much of a liability with your back messed up like that. I said, okay, good, I can go full-time pastor. Yeah. Are you with me? I didn't go, oh, woe is me. I, I just want to be a fireman. I've got to be a fireman. I said, God set up an occasion. Yeah. And I'm ready to do what God wants me to. Everybody say amen. amen. Over and over. I'd say right now in your mind, you're maybe thinking, well, God set that up. God set that up. And that's why I went that way. God set that up. And you may even be going, God set that up. And I didn't. I miss God. I want to tell you, church, we don't want to miss God again. 
I want you to understand, God wants to bless you. It is God's plan. God's plan is to use you. God's plan is to empower you with the power of His Holy Spirit. It is His plan for this church. Don't let anybody minimize this church. This is a beautiful facility. You're sweet people. I don't care what anybody says. You're sweet. And I like you. And you're, you're, you're going to be a great congregation for your next pastor. But you've got to know that it's God's plan to bless you. Okay, if you would, please stay with me. Number two, you're going to have to step out by faith. There, there's going to be a step that you've got to take. Uh, I have given interpretations of tongues a number of times over the years. God has given me that gift. I do not have the gift of tongue for that purpose, but God has given me the interpretation. I will tell you that every time before I give an interpretation in tongues, in the back of my mind is this thought, oh, wow, that's not right. Nobody's going to listen. You're going to mess it up. Over and over. But then I say, shut up. And then I start the word, just maybe one word. And then when one or two words start flowing, some of you know exactly what I mean. You, you obey the Lord, and then it just comes. But it, you have to take that step of faith. Everything in God is a step of faith. When you got saved, you had to give up, maybe get up. I don't know if you were sitting, but you had to move towards God. You had to have a personal act towards God. It was a step of faith. For you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, especially some of us guys, we guys tend to be harder headed than the women. Um, I hope that sounded right. Okay, there you go. Okay, got an amen out of her anyway. So the, the reality is us guys, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit moves in our lives and we go, man, that's going to sound silly, me saying that. And then, uh, but then you take a step of faith yeah. and the next thing you know, oh, it just flows. Over and over and over, there must be a step of faith. Amen. There's going to be a step of faith that this church takes, and that's the right man. That's our pastor. We're, that's the step of faith. We're going to go forward, whoever that is. Okay, note with me. The events were set up. The timing was perfect. The prophets were doing what God intended. God led them and guided them. But Saul had to yield and do his part. Yeah. Are you with me? Saul had to step out by faith. Saul had to do as the occasion demanded. Saul had to do what God was telling him to do. In this story, we see why God wanted Saul to be king. I, I, I say again, Saul started out really good, if you know Scripture. If you remember, where was he even when they uh, was going to announce him as king? He was hiding, because, hiding among, among the equipment. Uh, he was hiding because he was so humble. He didn't want to get out in front of everybody and be proclaimed king. Had a good heart to begin with. So I want you to know, at this time in his life, he was willing to obey God. In verse 10, it says, Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul, and he prophesied. The English version says, Suddenly the Spirit of God took control of Saul, and he joined in the ecstatic dancing and shouting. He jumped right in with the prophets. Uh, if you will, please, I want you to see a scripture with me. It's there at the bottom, 1 Corinthians 14 and 32. It says, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. 
Every Pentecostal ought to have that marked in your Bible. Because what we find in 1 Corinthians, if you remember with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the chapter of love. But you go back a chapter, 1 Corinthians 12 is the listing of gifts. It's the gifts of the Spirit. And then if you will, please, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is the operation of the gifts in the church. And in the Corinthian church, it was a mess. You know, somebody stand up and give a message in tongues, and somebody over here to have an interpretation, somebody back there, oh, hey, I've got an interpretation too. And, Wait, I've got an interpretation. And it was just total chaos in the church. And Paul had to bring it down, let there be a message in tongues and one interpretation per message. And at the most, let there be three messages in tongues in even any given setting, only three messages in tongues. And, and so it had to get very specific. And then Paul puts this verse in there, 1 Corinthians 14 to 32. And he put this in here for the sister or the brother that says, I couldn't help myself. I, I know that God didn't want me to, or, and I know that the Bible says, but, but I needed to, I had to. And Paul says, no, you don't. The spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophet. In other words, you can do it or you can not do it. And I'm going to tell you also, it's the same in the move of God when it is God's will. Because you can say, no, God, I'm not going to do that. And it was God's plan. It was God's purpose for you to give a message in tongues and interpretation. And now you miss God. Right. Are you with me? Yeah. Why? Because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. God will not make you do anything. Right. Amen. Sometimes I wish he would. Especially when I give an altar call, I'd go, man, God, get him. Get him, God. <laughs> but God doesn't do that. He doesn't, make, he doesn't twist your arm and make you accept Jesus. Yeah. Why? Because the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophet, yeah. subject to me. I don't have to do anything. Amen? Amen? But the only thing I have to do is die. Right. I don't even have to pay taxes. I can die instead of pay them. Right? right. <laughs> People used to say, uh, two things I have to do, pay taxes and die. You don't have to pay taxes, just go die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll get off that. Okay, this reveals to us our part in God's spiritual blessing being received. You, you play a big part. See, one of my questions that I have is how many people here, look, look at me, please. God will cause your phone to blow up if you're looking on Facebook. In Jesus' name. The thing I question, though, is how many peer have an anointing of God to be in youth ministry, and you're missing God? How many have an anointing to be involved in children's ministry or be a greeter? You have an anointing for it. God is setting you up for it, but you're missing Him. Are you with me? What we want to do, remember what I said from over here to over here in the beginning, is this. I believe that we all want to do what God wants us to do. Amen. But, but now let's get very specific. God may be calling you to be a greeter in the foyer. Oh, well, that couldn't be me. I couldn't do that. Yeah, you can. Buck up, suck up, and do what God's telling you to do. Amen. Anybody say amen? Yeah. You know, you're going to be getting a candidate pretty quick, and so I'm not going to be here anymore, so i got to get it out. Thank you for going with me, okay? But the reality is, God, there will be no one working the foyer unless somebody steps up. 
There'll be nobody helping with the children. There'll be no, thank God for an addition on the platform this morning. Of, you did great, girl, thank you. And the reality is, is that won't happen unless somebody steps up by faith. Somebody steps up. Uh, notice with me, if you would, again, and I, I want to take you down this path. If the occasion of man shouting and dancing, then shout and dance. But if the, let me do the other side. If the occasion of man sit still and be quiet, sit still and be quiet. Uh, if the occasion of man speaking in tongues like Acts 2, 10, and 19, then speak in tongues. Are you with me? Uh, if the occasion of man's walking out of prison like Paul and Silas then did, then get up and walk out of the prison. If the occasion of man's a, pl a place with boldness, leave God's house with boldness and go witness to the people at your work, at your home, at your school, and go with the boldness of the Lord because the occasion of the Lord demands that. If the occasion of man's picking up your bed and walking, then pick up your bed and walk. Amen. Do what the occasion demands. God stirred your heart. I, I believe God just healed me. Well, do what the occasion demands. Claim your healing and step out by faith. Yeah. Amen. At this time in Saul's life, he was willing to do what the occasion demanded. We know the history, though, from our perspective. And that is later, Saul didn't. But at this time, he did. See, here's the key to the Holy Spirit moving in your life, moving in my life. Number one, know it's God's plan. God wants to move in every one of our lives, each of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. Know it's God's plan. Number two, you're going to have to step out by faith. God will not make you. Uh, you you're going to have to be willing when God sets it up, when the occasion demands it, you need to do it. And then if you will please, the third one, and this is very critical, is we need to live God's why. Every move of God, every manifestation of His presence and power, God fills with the baptism of the Holy Spirit for a reason. And it's not just to shout and dance. You need to live God's why. If you'll notice with me, uh, Saul, his anointing was to lead Israel. That's what God wanted out of Saul. Uh, 1 Samuel 11 and 1, the Ammonites uh, had an army who came up against Israel. Uh, 1 Samuel 11 and 2, uh, the Ammonites' commander agreed to not destroy the city. Notice, read, read that verse and follow with me. If he could put out the right eye of all the people. I'll come into the city, I'll, I'll just put out everybody's right eye, and then you'll just be under my dominion. That was the Ammonite king coming against this city in Israel. Verse 3, if you'll notice with me in 1 Samuel chapter 11, the leaders of the city asked for seven days to see if anybody will come and help us. They said, give us seven days, let us kind of send the word out to anywhere in Israel, see if there's anybody that will step up and say, hey, I'm going to help those people because we do not want those Ammonites destroying that city. But if, will anybody come to our aid? And so the king agreed to that seven day to find somebody that would possibly come and help them. In chapter 11, verse 5, Saul was told the circumstance. He, he said, there's this king, this Ammonite king that has besieged this city. And he's entered into agreement with the people that he'll not destroy the city if he can just come in and put out everybody's right eye. And, and, and when Saul heard this, 
He just became enraged with purpose. This is what God had anointed him for. Uh, notice with me, if you would, please. It's, it tells me there that then the Spirit of God, verse 6, it says, Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. Why did I say that? Because Saul was anointed for God's purpose of leading, yes. leading Israel. And now he hears this, and he goes, Man, I don't want our people, to, I don't want that for our people. And he really got just kind of put out, and it was the Spirit of God coming upon him. Yeah. And then if you'll notice with me verse 8, verse 8 tells us that uh, Saul put together an army of 330,000, and he defeated the Ammonites. He defeated them. See, God's wife for Saul was to lead. Okay, I'm going to tell you, God has a reason for the Holy Spirit to come upon your life. God wants to empower you with purpose. Um, I believe that we need to live the life of the anointing of God. Amen. See, God anoints us, empowers us for more than just church. Can you say amen? You know, uh, there's some people that they peak in church. You know, uh, have you ever known anybody that peaked in junior high? You know, and they're 50 years old and they're still talking about being quarterback back in junior high. And I go, dude, man, you peaked in junior high. You know, and I didn't want to peak in junior high. Anybody say amen? You know, and, and I see some Christians, they peak in church. You know, I don't want to peak in church. I want to peak out there where people need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Here it's easy to be a Christian. Here it's easy to be a Christian. Here it's easy to shout and dance and clap our hands and worship the Lord. But God wants more than just some type of emotion or spiritual encounter. Thank God for spiritual encounters. I love every one of them. But at the same time, it's how you live when you hit the ground after you dance. That's critical. See, God doesn't want you held in any type of bondage. The empowering of the Holy Spirit is to deliver you from the pornography. It's to deliver you from the, the movies that you know you shouldn't be looking at. It's to deliver you from those words that have been coming out of your mouth that you know God's not pleased with those words. Uh, it's to deliver you from being able, uh, the enemy, to have any type of dominion over your life. It's to deliver you from the cigarettes, to deliver you from the alcohol, to deliver you from the addiction. God does not want his children addicted. God doesn't want you limited and intimidated by your spiritual enemy. Amen. God wants the enemy to start shaking when you get up. I love that. Man, I'm, I, I, I just believe that the demon's in hell. Oh, he's awake. He's awake. God's reason is for you to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. For you to be an overcomer for you to be a conqueror, for you to quit listening to the enemy that you're nothing, you're a nobody, and you can never accomplish. That's a lie. God wants to use you. God wants good for you. He wants you to live in Holy Spirit power. Power to witness, power to overcome temptation, power to operate with a gift. Man, there needs to be more gifts in operation in this church. Power to be able to accomplish God's purpose, God's will. 
See, Holy Spirit empowering for the individual and for the body. See, the neat thing about coming to church is that you get all of these powerful people in God gathered together in the same place at the same time. That's church. And then if we can just recognize that we're here for a purpose, and then we ought to be saying, okay, God, what's the occasion? You're going to set up the occasion here through the moving of your Holy Spirit. Why do I say that? Because Jesus promised this, and I don't believe Jesus is a liar. Jesus promised when two or more gather together in my name, then I'm there. Okay, if Jesus is here, then there's an occasion that is being set up because he's here. And now what you and I need to do is do what the occasion <laughs> demands. And he's demanding us to step out by faith and to be what he wants us to be. That, that is the call. But you're going to have to be willing to know it's his plan. You're going to have to take that step of faith, step out by faith, and then you're going to live God's why. God is not calling you like Saul to lead a, a nation to fight a battle. You know, thank God. But God is calling you, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, God is calling you to do something. Because God, His gifting and calling is irrevocable. Amen. He never takes it back. Right. Okay? It, uh, King James says, without recompense. In other words, if you've ever been called, you're still called. Yes. If you've ever been gifted, you're still gifted. Yes. Now we say, oh, but Lord, that was years ago. I used to do, I used to. Let's quit saying, I used to. And now let's say, let's get to work. Amen. Let's do what the occasion demands. Yes. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for the stirring of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence that is here right now. And Lord, with the with the power of your Holy Spirit right here, right now. We believe with all of our heart that, Lord, you're setting up an occasion for there to be a, a moving of your Holy Spirit and for us to respond. And, Lord, I pray that this morning that we would see our part, that just because there's been a, an occasion set up doesn't mean it's just going to be automatic. We have our part. We must do what the occasion demands. I pray, Father, that right now, in the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would set up an occasion for the lost to be saved, for the bound to be delivered, for the hungry to be filled, for the sick to be healed, for the believers to be called. Father, set up the occasion even this morning. Lord, have your perfect way. I'd like to invite the worship team, if you would, please, to come and, and join me on the platform. And I, I'm going to give an opportunity this morning for you to step out by faith and for you to do what the occasion is demanding in your personal life. 
I will tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you're here this morning and you're lost, you're without Jesus, I know that God is too good a God to not set up an occasion for your salvation. If you're here this morning and you came into this place and you didn't know whether Jesus was your Lord and Savior or not, or you knew very defiantly that he was not, then I'm going to tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that right now God is dealing with your heart because the Holy Spirit's too good. God is too good to let you come into a meeting like this without him drawing to you, drawing you to salvation. With every head bowed, every eye closed, Christians praying for any loss to be saved. I want to have a prayer for anyone here this morning that's away from the Lord. You're here this morning, you need Jesus. I want to have a sinner's prayer with you seated right there where you are. I just want to lead you in this prayer as you come back to Christ. I'm not going to ask you to stand or walk to the front. I just want to lead you to Christ seated right there where you are. But this morning you say, God's dealing with my heart. The occasion is set and I'm ready to do my part. Would you raise your hand? Because I want to pray for you. Any at all, you're here this morning. God bless your heart there in the back. I see you. You can put your hands right down. God bless your heart. Is there any others? There's three. God bless your heart. You can put your hands down. Any others? You're here this morning. Now you're just responding to the moving of the Holy Spirit and you want to do what the occasion is demanding from your heart. There's three people accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior this morning. Is there any others? Congregation, I'm going to ask you to to pray with me and I'm going to ask you to pray real loud because right now you're going to do something very critical. You're going to help me lead someone to Christ. You pray this prayer with me Say and say with me, say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me my sin and help me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And to God be the glory. Can you say amen? Thank God for three salvation. Would you stand with me, please? Because God's not through with you. I would love for you to do what the occasion demands. If God is dealing with your heart to, to find a ministry in this church, Maybe you're here this morning, just know God wants you to do something. You don't know what it is. That's okay. But you're not going to find out if you don't seek Him. You need to seek Him and He will tell you. But you're here this morning, maybe you know exactly what it is. But you just feel so completely unqualified. I'm going to tell you, boy, you're right where God wants you. The worst thing, honestly, I'd be worried about you if you said, I feel totally 100% qualified. Because I'm going to tell you, every time I get behind the pulpit like this, I never feel qualified. God wants to equip you. God wants to empower you. But you're going to have to be willing to step out by faith. I'd love to have 100%. I, I know I asked for 100%. But the reality is this. What this church needs more than anything right now is for you to do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Not man, God. Do what the Holy Spirit is directing you to do. 
I'm gonna open these altars, I'm gonna invite you. I'd like to ask everyone here this morning that the Holy Spirit's drawing you to a place of prayer, uh, wanting to equip you, wanting to empower you, wanting to direct you. It, it ought to be everyone in this congregation. If you have a heart for this church, would you come and let's seek God together. Father, right now, we turn this into a prayer meeting. Lord, we know that your house is called a house of prayer. Yes, we've heard your word. Yes, we've sung songs. And now we're coming around these altars and we're kneeling and seeking you in prayer. And Father, we want to do what the occasion demands. And right now with the stirring of your Holy Spirit, the occasion you're setting up is for your people to seek your face in prayer. So Lord, the opportunity is given and now we make the choice. And Father, we step out by faith to seek you. Lord, I pray for your anointing, your equipping, your empowering. Lord, thank you that you do the calling and that with your calling, there is your equipping. Father, equip the children's ministry workers, equip the youth ministry volunteers, equip those that work in the foyers, greeters and ushers, and God equip for whatever ministry you're calling in. God, I pray that you would equip the, the prayer team and God, these that are, they're interceding, God, honor their time. God, equip us. And Lord, whatever you are calling towards, whatever you're leading, Lord, whatever your desire, we want to hear your voice. We want to obey. We want to submit. We want to surrender. We want to yield to you. We want to do what the occasion demands. And Lord, right now, this church, there is a place you want to take this church. And Lord, we believe with all of our heart that you're setting this church up for success. Lord, you're a good God. We can trust you completely. And we want to do, Father, according to your leading and guiding, according to your perfect plan. Move by your Spirit. Do whatever you want to, to do 
everything into the shadows of you. We want you, Lord, in the forefront. We want to make room for you. And Lord, we pray that you would do what you want to do. Lord, in our lives individually and in this church collectively, we make room for you, Father, to do whatever you want to do. Take your authority Bring everything in obedience to Christ and do whatever you want to, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is good, congregation. Love y'all. Appreciate you very much. Be back tonight, if you will, please. I've got a message for you this evening. And if you would, please, uh, 6 o'clock tonight. God bless your heart. <laughs>